This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Well, welcome to another edition of Blind Like Me. My name is Tim Black, and of course, uh, this podcast, we connect visually impaired and blind people all across Canada and in the U.S. as well to find out their stories and find out about what their experiences are. And this young lady who is in Ottawa, Canada, I actually came across her uh, thanks to my daughter who uh, was on our podcast a couple of episodes, found you on TikTok uh, because that's where everybody goes now. You're, by the way, the second person that I've had on the podcast that I've found on TikTok. So, <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, so whoever thought that this thing would pay off uh, and I'm going to get your name, hopefully get your name correct. It's Ocean, correct? Yes. There you go. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm great. Um, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. This is cool. So when did, uh, when did you get on TikTok, by the way? Let's start with that. Um, so I think I started about a year ago. I didn't post anything. It was just for me and my friends to send each other funny videos. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started creating content in March of okay. this year. Ah, so. when everybody was locked down. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's find a little bit of, uh, about you because you are visually impaired, uh, legally blind, correct? So let's yes. uh, let's find out. And this has been all your life. So tell me your story. Um, so I was born with albinism. I have OCA1A albinism. So it's the um, one that you think about when you think of a person with albinism. It's it's somebody with pale white hair, pale skin. Um, and, uh, when you have albinism, you also have some vision problems. And so I was born nearsighted, so I cannot see from far. Mm -hmm. Uh, and my visual acuity is 2200 in my best eye and 2200 in my worst eye. Okay. Uh, 2250 in my worst eye rather. Okay. And I have nystagmus. So I have rapid eye movement that shifts back and forth all the time. And mm -hmm. people love pointing it out, but, <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, I'm extremely sensitive to light, so okay. my eyes uh, have a really hard time with seeing light, and outside when there's a lot of light, I can't see as well. Right. Okay. What, um, you know, you use a, a cane. I know the, the video that I saw you on, um, you were obviously riding transit, so you're using a cane then, obviously not a dog yet? No. I'm uh, onto the cane. I just started with the cane recently, but... Okay. Um, and what was that experience like for you? Oh, it was very difficult. Um, <laughs> it's a wonderful experience. I love my cane and I kind of lived my life almost a bit like my childhood. I was just really ashamed almost. Mm -hmm. And um, to all of a sudden go out and go out with a cane and have everyone know, oh, this this lady is blind. Mm -hmm. It is a little scary, but I would not go back now. Okay. So when you were in school, so let's go back to not having a cane. How did you make it through life uh, with your vision than when you were younger? Honestly, thinking about it now, I don't know how I did it. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I am very good. I, I went through the orientation and mobility process with the CNIB, and, and I went through um, – just walking around with my parents and, and having my parents make sure that I was okay. But thinking about it now, I wasn't really very independent. I wasn't doing things on my own. I wouldn't go to the mall all by myself with mm -hmm. my friends. And, and I really relied on other people. 
And so going through the school process, I really relied on others and um, I, I wasn't very independent. So okay. um, I would rely uh, heavily on uh, teachers to do things for me and um, on, you know, just my friends taking me from place to place. And, mm-hmm. and I tried to be as independent as possible, but I don't think I um, am as independent as I am now. Okay. And your friends were accepting of what was going on with you? Yes. I I've, I grew up like in a pretty smaller place. And, mm-hmm. and I think everyone was just very used to me. I, they've known me my whole life. Mm-hmm. I followed these kids throughout school all the time. And so they were really accepting of me. It was only when I would go out and, and we had new people that it was mm-hmm. a little bit less accepting. Right. And tell me a little bit about that. Was, was that a challenge for you? Absolutely. I think I didn't really realize how different I was until we reached the middle school years, mm-hmm. you know, and in middle school, no one has a good middle school experience, the seventh and eighth grade where you're trying to figure out who you are and the world is also trying to figure out who they are. Um, but I, it was difficult having kids point out and, and say mean things about you and, mm-hmm. and talk about my eyes and, oh, well, you can't see that. <laughs> Are you mm-hmm. blind or something? <laughs> all these these comments that just didn't really mm-hmm. um, make me feel good about myself. And, and I started to wonder, what will my life be like? Who mm-hmm. will I be? Mm-hmm. And then I just fell into this dark, deep hole for a couple years. And mm-hmm. I didn't come out of it until I was maybe 18, 19 mm-hmm. in university. And what brought you out of the hole? My sister. Honestly, I, my sister is also visually impaired. Okay. Uh, she also has albinism. So, okay. <laughs> um, and my sister um, called me one day. I was in university and she had just called me and said, hey, I don't want you to tell mom and dad yet because um, I'm not ready to tell them. And I don't want you to tell anyone else, but I want to tell you that I am using a cane. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, <laughs> but canes are for blind people. <laughs> okay and I, I i just had this this judgment in my head and i was just like well we're not blind mm-hmm. even though we we fully were visually impaired and mm-hmm. and it, it's normal but i i just wasn't you know ready for it and i i was kind of just in my own world where people had made fun of me in my childhood and and i didn't want to associate myself with my visual impairment and mm-hmm. And so when she told me I'm getting a cane, it really hit me. And mm-hmm. she explained to me, well, you know, I can't see depth. So when I go down the stairs, sometimes I miss some steps. Mm-hmm. And as she was saying these things to me, I, I started realizing, yeah, I do that too. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so having my sister um, to lean on during this time and having my sister lean on me for emotional support, I think it really helped me come to terms with who I am, come to terms with my vision, mm-hmm. and come out the other side. So now that you've got a cane, life is completely different for you. People are obviously recognizing the fact that you are visually impaired. Uh, how has that changed your life? Um, I would say it's it's there's some good and some bad. I think people have very good intentions, um, but I think some people just don't know how to react to mm-hmm. people who are visually impaired. And mm-hmm. some people have a hard time with, well, I'm a little uncomfortable, so I just don't want to associate myself with you. Mm-hmm. And um, people want to help, but they just don't know the right way to help. Mm-hmm. And 
So I think that's the negative side of it. And I don't think it's, it's intentional, but I think there's just a lot more education that needs to be done for people to be comfortable and, and for people to be accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, people are very kind. It's, mm. it's a symbol. It's um, that says, Hey, I'm visually impaired. I need a bit of help. Mm-hmm. And people are willing to help mm-hmm. in ways that, you know, in my childhood, no one really has. Mm-hmm. Has that changed your outlook a little bit on on life and and about people as well? Absolutely. I think it has changed my outlook on life. Um, I I want to live the most independent life possible now. I there were all these things that throughout my entire life I used to say, well, I'm not going to be able to do that, mm-hmm. like sewing or mm-hmm. um, I used to not be good in gym class. You know, playing badminton, <laughs> the small little birdies that you yeah. can't see, <laughs> and. Now I just have this attitude that I want to try it all mm-hmm. and I don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and even if I can't do it the original way, then I'll do it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of people, I think that my outlook and, and my attitudes towards different people has changed as well because it's made me realize the importance of educating other people mm-hmm. and the importance of having these discussions around disability. Mm-hmm. So, and that's one of the things that I noticed uh, on some of the videos that you've been posting online is that you really do want to get that message out to educate other people about disabilities. It's an important thing for you. I think it's it's really important. It's one of those things that people are so uncomfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. People have these negative perceptions of people with disabilities or people who are visually impaired even. And, mm-hmm. and I just... I want to change that. I, I don't think it's a negative thing. I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to happen to someone mm-hmm. because life can be lived and you can live a fulfilling life mm-hmm. with a visual impairment mm-hmm. or just with a disability. And and I think people are so uncomfortable that it's, it's time to start having these discussions and it's time to start educating people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you come up with that comment because, I mean, uh, you know, we've been trying to educate people about people with disabilities or visual disabilities for years. And here we are in 2020 and we're still having to educate people about that. Uh, and even educate our, our you know, communities about making things more accessible. I know that you're in Ottawa, uh, which hopefully is a very accessible city for you. But here we are, we're still having to push forward with those things. What are your thoughts on that? I moved to Ottawa. I made my choice to move to Ottawa because it was a big city mm-hmm. and because it was accessible um, in terms of public transit. And, and a lot of um, people in Ottawa are going to you know, tell you that they don't like the OC transpo, they don't like the public transit. But for me, it has been such a amazing change in my life. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, people put accessibility first is mm-hmm. something that has really changed my life. Growing up, I grew up in a smaller town. I grew up up north in Sudbury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the smallest place, definitely. Uh, but <laughs> it, it was just not there it takes an hour and a half to get a bus the bus doesn't announce your stops Mm -hmm. i don't know what bus i'm getting on Mm -hmm. and it completely turned me off from and i think that's also what kind of pushed me to be a bit more reliant on others is that there weren't the tools for me to be independent Mm -hmm. and so moving to ottawa has just really opened my eyes how thankful i am now to to live somewhere where you know accessibility is a priority to some people um but I think there's so much that needs to be done. What pieces of technology have you found over the last few years that or that helps you? Well, I am a 
I'm very obsessed with my phone, of course, as a young adult. <laughs> yes, I was about to say, it probably never leaves your hands. <laughs> Absolutely, never leaves my hands. But I think that people, um, when, I, when I'm walking around with my phone, people are like, oh, she's texting. But mm-hmm. no, I'm looking up menus before going to the restaurant and okay. I'm looking okay. where the store is. And so I rely a lot on my phone. It's, it's my biggest... Um, I think that's my biggest tool is just using my cell phone and using technology to find my way. Mm-hmm. So I'm very reliant on my cell phone mm-hmm. and especially my camera. I use my camera a lot to zoom in mm-hmm. and to make sure I'm going to the right place and read signs. And I'll just stop in the middle of the road and just <laughs> take some pictures with my phone. But I don't have any advanced um, apps or technologies. I just try to make use of what I already have on my phone. Right. There are some great apps out there mm-hmm. um, and I would be open to trying a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But right now it's just been what I have just laying on my phone. Now that you you know found some new independence with a cane, what uh, fun activities are you doing now to uh, that you're doing in your own way? Um, well, I am a horseback rider. Okay. I am equestrian, so I go horseback riding mm. at a local riding stable and the people are so lovely. My coaches are wonderful. They're all aware of my visual impairment. And mm-hmm. we actually have another uh, visually impaired rider at the barn. So it really does help having that sense of community and having people who do understand mm-hmm. and having coaches who are aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm big into that. Um, I am also very big on, I love exploring and adventuring. I've been going on a lot of walks lately mm-hmm. and living in Ottawa in a city. I get to see the suburbs and I get to see the city itself and mm-hmm. lots of parks and lots of attractions. So I do get to go out for a walk. Um, I'd like to start running. Um, so I would like to do that too. I don't know how that's going to go with the cane, but <laughs> then we're going to try. <laughs> um, yeah, that might be uh, that might be uh, something you might want to take a guide with you. Just 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 saying. Ooh. Might, Absolutely. Might, might, <laughs> I don't know, running with the, the blind person running with the cane might not be a... Running with the cane. Yeah, might not be a great thing, but, you know, give it a shot. You never know. Let's talk a little bit about the community. Obviously, you've connected with the other person there at the uh, the riding stable. How do you find the visually impaired blind community in the Ottawa area or anywhere else in you know Canada and the U.S.? Have you connected with others? Recently, I, I think with my TikTok, I've started to... Um, talk to a lot of more visually impaired teens and young adults. Um, I think the teens have started reaching out for life advice. I I am a little older. I'm 21 turning 22. So Mm -hmm. um, I have gone through the university process. I'm graduating this year and, and I've gone through everything that a lot of younger teens are a little bit more afraid to go through. So I think I've been speaking with a bit of younger teens to try and um, create that connection and, and, Mm -hmm make them feel a little bit safer about what's going to happen in the future. But I've met some young adults recently. Um, a lot of them have albinism. So I've, I've really oh, cool. been connecting with my albinism community. Mm-hmm. And so we're all pretty much visually impaired mm-hmm. and we all have albinism. So it really makes us feel connected. What's the advice you've been passing on to the younger generation? Oh, I think it depends. <laughs> I think everyone has their own different struggles, um, but a lot of them are just... Um, related to university. I think a lot of them are very scared about post-secondary education and Mm -hmm. what to pursue and how to pursue it. And somebody who, you know, uh, myself, I've pursued a field that's not very popular with the visually impaired crowd. And and that (laughs) is? uh, Science. I'm a scientist. Nice. Mm -hmm. A a biochemist. Oh, good for you. Right on. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's a little bit scary. Um, it's not really something, it's, it's very visual, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and you can't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and unfortunately, when you can't see, sometimes you do make a bit of mistakes and, mm -hmm. and it's not the greatest, but you know, it, there's such potential for um, everyone to mm -hmm. be a scientist and everyone to, to love science. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to a lot of visually impaired youth who have been saying, I want to be a scientist or I want to be an engineer, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how I'm going to go about it. Mm -hmm. I've never met anyone who's an engineer and mm -hmm. has a visual impairment. Mm -hmm. I've never met anyone who's a scientist. And why did you pick science uh, and how did you, and how you've been getting through it? Well, I started off, um, I was in high school and, and we have to make our choice. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw this program offered at the University of Ottawa, biopharmaceutical science, and I started learning more about the pharmaceutical industry and I fell in love. Okay. I just think wonderful. I, I thought about being a doctor, but it didn't really, you know, seem like the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And then hearing about creating uh, pharmaceutical products, I fell in love and I really wanted to do it. And then I got there, I realized I was more in love with the business aspect of pharmaceuticals, which is okay, because you still need to have the science to mm -hmm. run the company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um I started off and it was a great experience, I would say. I loved what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I was one of the first uh, visually impaired students um, in the Faculty of Science, to mm -hmm. my knowledge, at least from what I've heard from, from a lot of people in administration. Right. And um, they were so willing to accommodate me. They oh, were good. wonderful and they were great. And they're, they're learning as well. And I'm, I'm trying to say, hey, you know, this doesn't work for me, but it might work for someone else mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, um, you might not know this, but I actually have a hard time with that. And so right. we've been kind of changing the way that we um, evaluate um, coursework and the way that we do practical learning, like labs and, mm -hmm. and hands-on experiments that sometimes I may have a bit of a harder time with. Okay. And so they've been so receptive and wonderful, and they've been taking the time to, you know, help me along my journey. So how uh, have things uh, changed a little bit for you then? What have they done to accommodate what you need to do? I think um, in a lot of hands-on courses, we do a lot of lab work um, where we're going to um, pipette things and, and we're going to put small concentrations into even smaller solutions and mm -hmm. um sometimes you know when you're visually impaired and you can't see small things and, and we when you can't see depth like myself mm -hmm. i have a bit of a harder time and so what they've been doing is instead of having um practicals where you're completely on your own no one helps you right. i have assistance and so yeah. i tell them exactly word for word, this is what you need to do. You're going to put this in here at this concentration. Mm -hmm. And and it's to the point where I just take over sometimes. I'm just going to be like, you know what? Just let me do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Good for you. That's that's. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very impressed. And congratulations for you for that. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, talking to other young female visually impaired and blind people, um, one of the things that I always see online and uh, in articles and stuff like that is makeup. It's one of those things that the blind and visually impaired are always concerned about. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. It was definitely one of my struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely um, on the end where I was reading all these articles that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, I, I think for me, um, I learned through experience and I just tried it out. I would just sit down at home and I would just do what I could. And sometimes it didn't look very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I relied on my friends to say, hey, um, maybe, <laughs> just maybe <laughs> you should fix your eyebrow a little. <laughs> right. I, I think for me, it's always been learning through experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I have seen all these articles and I've tried to think, how can I, how can I share what I do with other people? Mm -hmm. And how can I learn from what other people do mm -hmm. with their makeup? Mm -hmm. What would you pass on to the sighted community uh, as a visually impaired and blind person? What, uh, what would you ask them that, that they need to be more aware of? The first thing that comes to my mind is right now with the current situation that's going on with the global pandemic is just be patient. People who are visually impaired, at least for myself, I'm used to routine. I'm used to having things laid out the way that they are. I'm used to my environment looking a certain way. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, when overnight, all these things are uprooted and the system that I have learned to navigate for you know years at this point mm -hmm. is just completely different. Mm -hmm. Be patient, be kind, because we're all going through something right now. And some people you know, are going through a little bit more mm -hmm. and or something different. And so it's okay to just be patient and be kind. Mm -hmm. Navigating the grocery store is something completely different, right? Absolutely. Oh, don't get me started on the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> how are you do how are you how are you managing that? Oh um well I trial and error. <laughs> um so I think it's it's difficult to keep my distance, especially when you don't have a lot of depth perception. Sure, um, I'm in the same boat. I hear you. Yeah, and so I'm I'm just bumping into everyone, and, and I think people get so frustrated and so scared because they think I'm willingly trying to invade mm -hmm. their personal space, but I I, I really don't mean to, <laughs> <laughs> and and I can't see the arrows on the ground sometimes that say, hey, this is the direction we're going in until right. somebody goes in the other direction, and I'm like, oh. Nope. <laughs> I guess I went the wrong way. There you go. And so for me, I, I just trial and error and I go to the same grocery store all the time. So I, mm -hmm. I think I tried my hardest to um, learn from every experience that I go to. Like, hey, this aisle is this way only and this aisle is the other way only. Right. Um, I'm also just not afraid to, to ask for help anymore. I've just been asking even just random people at the, the grocery store. Hey, is this the right way? Uh, mm -hmm. Should I? Or should I be going the other way? Am I invading your space? Right. I, I don't mean to. Right. We are all going to make through it this uh, pandemic. It is diff definitely difficult for those who are uh, visually impaired. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying. That's really good advice is just be patient. We're all going to get through this. But, uh, you know, some of us need more help than others. So just, you know, help where we need to be helped. Absolutely. Oh, Shan, where do they find uh, people find you on uh, online if they want to connect with you, if maybe they're listening to us uh, in the U.S. or here in Canada and they want to connect with you? Well, um, I am on TikTok and Instagram. So on TikTok, um, I'm at OCNC underscore. So O-C-E-A-N-N-E-C -C underscore. And same with Instagram, O-C-E-A-N-N-E-C -N -N -E underscore. Excellent. Thanks very much for hanging out with us on Blind Like Me this week. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.